Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nick Shook from Around the NFL joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. Nick, Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on today. What grabbed your attention most here in Week 9 in the NFL today? Well, I mean, there was a lot to process there, but I think the one thing that really jumped out to me more than anything was the statement win from the Buffalo Bills over the Seattle Seahawks. And, and, you know, we've known for a while now, at least for the last month or so, that the Seahawks don't have much of a defense to speak of. But the fact that the Bills could go toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson and outscore him and also play good enough defense to force four total turnovers and take advantage of those, turn those into points, and then hold on for a victory against a team led by Russell Wilson that's obviously not going to fold until the very end. Um, I, I just thought it was a huge statement from the Bills, who um, you know were off to a good start and then uh, you know had a pretty big setback against the Titans on national TV that might have made some people, including myself, question their worthiness as a uh, legitimate contender. But now that the Patriots are struggling in the post-Tom Brady era, it looks like their path to the AFC title is clear, and I think they've got a lot more than that. Uh, uh, in their sights, uh, depending on how far they can go in the postseason this far. But uh, definitely a huge win here at basically what is the midway point last week being, you know, this week and last week being basically the midway point of the season for the Bills. I want to get back to the Bills in a second and their quarterback who, like his team, made a statement today that he's in the upper echelon now and uh, maybe rekindled conversation of him being in the uh, MVP mix. However, first the Seahawks. I know the Legion of Boom is no more. Bobby Wagner is basically the only holdover, and they've tried to rebuild that defense. They got Josh Adams back, who had played well for him the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, they gave up a lot to get him, um, but he missed several weeks. He was back and healthy today, and their defense still stinks. Why? Who Who needs to shoulder the blame for Seattle's defense being as bad as it is? So I think it's a combination of not being able to rush the passer effectively with your base rush, your base four rushers. They often had to blitz today, which they didn't realize would be basically their only path to being competitive today until about the end of the first half, at which point they'd already dug themselves a 24-7 to hole. And their other big issue is they have, a, they have an issue with tackling. Uh, there was a few times, especially on one play, where John Brown escaped uh, what would have been a tackle attempt on the part of K.J. Wright, who is – you know, typically known to be a good tackler, got outside the uh, reach of Quentin Dunbar and ends up getting a first down that leads to a touchdown pass that they could have stopped them and, and, and made them, you know, force them to settle for a field goal. And instead, you know, the Bills are scoring a touchdown there. So really what they're doing is even if they drop into zone and they allow the underneath completion, they're not making the tackles that are necessary for that to be a viable strategy defensively. And they're turning to only being able to blitz, which works to an extent. They got seven sacks today. 
But, you know, Brian Dable had an answer for them, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. He had a, a, a well-timed screen that got them from deep in their own territory nor, near midfield in the second half and allowed them to maintain their lead. So, really, if these Seahawks aren't going to be able to pressure the passer and they're going to sit back and cover, they got to tackle in the open field. And right now, they're simply not doing it. All right. Uh, now back to the uh, team that won again today, the Bills and Josh Allen, who had another uh, spectacular day. Uh, first two weeks of the season, myself and others were talking about him in the MVP category. They hit a little bit of a valley in the middle of the season, as did their QB. Uh, but he comes up with this huge effort again today to force himself back into that conversation. As a rookie, he flashed a little bit, but played like a rookie who hadn't competed at the highest level in college football. You saw improvement in year two, maybe not as much as you wanted, but hey, they uh, did have a winning season, so he's got to get some credit for that. But he has taken a major leap forward here in year number three. Why do you think the big escalation here between years two and three? I, you know, I was not a huge fan of his coming out of Wyoming because I knew everybody loved the big arm. They loved the athleticism, but he had an accuracy issue. You know, he threw a lot of interceptions in his last year at Wyoming. He had a tendency to sail the deep ball past an open receiver, and he still do, does that in the NFL sometimes. But what he's really done is realize that he doesn't need to go for the home run on every play. He's passing the ball to shorter targets a lot more often this year. It's actually been a steady uh, improvement in that department since his rookie year. Per year, his, his uh, average air yards to target has gone down significantly from his rookie year to where he is now. And he's basically taking less risk and just targeting the open man. And it sounds simple and it sounds like something everybody should do, but oftentimes opposing defenses don't allow you to do that. They make it difficult. And you also want to make the play as the quarterback and as the guy who was drafted, you know, in the first round within the top 10 picks, you want to lead your team to victory. And Allen has slowly but surely learned that that is not the best way to lead your team to a victory. And instead he's taking what the defense is giving him. And it's producing good numbers for him. And the thing is, is, he racked up 415 yards passing today. He's 31 to 38. And oftentimes, he was just hitting the guy underneath and allowing them to, to gain some yards after catch, which is great because we know his athleticism allows him to run, you know, and gain extra yards. And sometimes it's uh, hanging on the edge of your seat as he, he scrambles and he worries he might get hurt or whatever. But for the most part, he's not making the mistakes that used to plague him in earlier seasons. And you combine that with the defense that Buffalo's had pretty much since the start of the Sean McDermott era, and what you have is a team that is not only good defensively and is going to be stifling defensively, but they're going to match that offensively. So you can't, like the Seahawks today, you can't go out there and try to outscore them because they're probably going to outscore you, and they're also going to have a better defense than you. And that, that's winning football, and that's why I think the Bills are a legitimate contender in the AFC. Agreed. Nick Shook from around the NFL, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, let me ask you about another the, uh, one of the young guns in the National Football League, and that's even younger, uh, Mr. Herbert, who has been phenomenal for the Chargers since taking over as a starter uh, after week one. Um, it's not equating to victories, but he's putting up historic numbers. He surpassed Cam Newton today for most passing yards in his first seven NFL career starts. Seems hollow because the Chargers aren't winning, but should they be excited in L.A. even though their record says not to be because they've got a bright young quarterback in the make? Yeah, they absolutely should. I mean, anybody who watches a Justin Herbert game is going to see, you know, everything they need to know uh, if, they're, if they're asking that question. I mean, this kid is poised beyond his years. He's very comfortable in the pocket. He makes good decisions. He's able to run as well. He had a rushing touchdown last week. And and he really has what you want in a quarterback to lead uh, your franchise. He's a cerebral player. That was one of his biggest positives coming out of Oregon. And he's taken that and proven that uh, even if there were some questions about his footwork, that hasn't carried over the NFL. I mean, he, he's accurate. Uh, he's decisive. 
And he's a, an absolutely great reason to be excited about the Chargers. But you're right, it is hollow because they haven't been able to finish games. Now, today they almost won uh, with a large part of that coming from the arm of Justin Herbert, who led them on a 15-play drive that covered 81 yards and got them down to the Raiders' four before two fades uh, on the goal line, which, you know, people who are against the fade, they're going to have a, a little uh, <laughs> a feather in their cap today after that because of how that turned out. You know, those two fades did not produce touchdowns. One was almost a touchdown overturned on replay. But, I mean, he had them right there in the position to win. And I know this is something that's gone back to last year with the Chargers, which is losing close games by single scores, painful defeats. This one did not was not them blowing it, but them just coming up short at the end of the game. But if you're looking at just a personnel perspective and trying to roadmap this team for the next three to five years or maybe even ten, Justin Herbert's your guy. I mean, this you've answered the question at quarterback for the next five to ten years, which allows you to turn elsewhere to upgrade your team. And, and maybe one of those spots is running back. I know Austin Eckler is a good player, and he's been out. But, uh, you know, today they got a contribution from Kalen Bellage, who's a guy who's bounced around the league in the short time that he's been in the NFL. Uh, but he had 69 yards on 15 carries. So, and, and a lot of that, again, has to do with the presence of Herbert because they know that he's a threat. I mean, defenses have already uh, made, been made well aware that this kid is somebody you got to take seriously. And eventually the Chargers will figure out how to turn these into wins. Hopefully that's with Anthony Lynn still on the sideline. I know sometimes the, the record, you know, ends up being the ultimate uh, deciding factor in that case. But this Chargers team is better than 2-6. and six. It's why I had them losing in a close one to the Raiders today when we went with our picks earlier this week. And it's why I'll have them being in close games for the majority of the season because, again, they've answered the quarterback position, which is the biggest question mark for any team in the NFL. Another young gun who is kind of the antithesis of uh, Herbert because he's winning games. He's 2-0. and Came in last week for his first ever NFL start. Didn't have to do much because his defense and his special teams were making big plays. But he had to go mano a mano against a pretty damn good quarterback in Kyler Murray today. And Tua Tungabloa found a way to win. I've heard some varying opinions on Tua from uh, before he came out for the draft to when he was drafted, now getting his chance in the NFL. I don't understand anybody who doesn't think this kid is going to be a big-time winner. What's your estimation of Tua Tungabaloa? You know, I think the the concerns were fair because of the the nature of the injury that he suffered at Alabama and the grueling rehab that he had to go through and everything else. But he basically ended up with the team that everybody anticipated him ending up with before the start of last season. You know, the whole tank for Tua thing was going on in Miami that everybody, mm-hmm. you know, the fans all wanted him to end up there. And he ends up there with the fifth overall pick. And, and then they basically lead him into the starting role at the bye. And they get the win today. I mean, it's hard to argue with what he did out there. And and I understand, again, that, that people are concerned or they're not sure because he's only got two games under his belt. And that's obviously not a good enough sample size to judge anybody. But it's hard to argue with victories, and it's hard to argue with victories that come in back-and-forth games like today. I know it didn't come down to necessarily Tua winning the game, but a missed field goal kind of keeping the game from being tied at the end of the game. But uh, you cannot ignore the fact that this kid who was a rookie and only a second start was able to play like he did today and beat a quarterback who's only a, got a year more of experience than he does and is also playing very good football and a team that's playing very good football in the Arizona Cardinals. So this is – you know, you're not going to grade a guy off of two games or one big victory, but this is a really good uh, victory to have on his resume extremely early in his career. And, and we'll see. Time will tell whether we can actually rely on him uh, as a legitimate quarterback. But uh, games like today are at least fun to watch. Let me ask you about a couple of guys who aren't making grabbing headlines like Herbert is, like two ads these last two weeks, like uh, Murray has for the entire season. A couple of years ago, we had four quarterbacks drafted in the top 10, 
And as of now, only one is a hit, and that's Josh Allen in Baltimore. Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Sam Darnold went three. Josh Rosen is enjoying downtime on the Tampa practice squad, sitting behind that Brady guy in the Sunshine State. And Allen's the only one who's starring. Uh, Josh Rosen, until he can actually get on an active roster, has to be looked at as a complete non-factor. But give me your thoughts on Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Are they still aspiring? Are they still banking on uh, getting better? Are they question marks? Are they busts? How you how would you describe the first and third draft picks in the draft from four years ago? So I think these are two very different cases in that Sam Darnold has simply not been in a good situation, whether it's the offensive line rotation the fact that the Jets tried to blow up their offensive line and rebuild it last year and it blew up in their face, and they tried to do it again this year and it hasn't really worked out as well as they planned, or the fact that they have no real weapons around him that can either A, stay healthy, B, stay on the field, or or either of those. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like a rotating cast of receivers for Sam Darnold. It seems like he's got a different core that he's throwing to on a weekly basis. And that's if he himself has been able to be healthy. Last year it was mono, this year it's the shoulder injury. He hasn't exactly been entirely available, and when he is available, he still does make some bad mistakes from time to time. The ball security that was a a big concern for me coming out of USC has not been as big of an issue, but he does throw interceptions from from time to time. But I do still like what he has, and he's the kind of guy that I think won't last in New York. I think he ends up leaving, and I think he ends up going somewhere else and proving that the talent that we all you know, uh, raised our eyebrows at when he came out of USC is still there and can produce winning football when in the right situation. I just don't think we're going to see that materialize in New York because of the situation that the franchise is in at this point. And I also think that um, any quarterback who's paired with Adam Gase doesn't usually have that great of a fate. I mean, we can go back to Ryan Tannehill when he was in Miami with Adam Gase. He didn't look very good at all. He ends up, you know, that, that ends up going, uh, they, they, they part ways. He ends up in Tennessee, comes in in relief duty, and now look at him. He's making tons of money, and he's leading a pretty good offense. And, oh, by the way, he led the league in passer rating last year. So uh, I think Sam Darnold doesn't have the best pairing with Adam Gase, but I, I also don't think that he's going to necessarily last long enough to see a life without Adam Gase in New York, or at least one of substance because of the fact that they just need to rebuild that team so much. Now, when it comes to Baker Mayfield, similar to Sam Darnold in that he's also had a constantly changing environment. He's on his fourth head coach in three years. He's had multiple different offensive coordinators, but the, the key difference there is he's had some personnel to work with. Now, not initially, but in the last two years, he's got talented receivers in Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. He's established a relationship with Rashard Higgins, which has proven lucrative when Rashard Higgins is actually active and playing in the game. But again, he has not had the stability from an organizational standpoint that you would want. I do think that there are promising signs from what we've seen from Baker Mayfield working with Kevin Stefanski this year. I don't think that we've given them enough time to really give them a fair judgment necessarily. You've got to give them at least this full season and probably next season as well. But look, the Browns have a winning record, and they are still pretty exciting, even if Baker Mayfield can't quite overcome his interception throwing issues. Um, I think there's a lot of development that still needs to be made. Uh, and progress that needs to be made on the part of Baker Mayfield. But if you keep that continuity, I think there's a chance for that to happen in Cleveland, whereas I don't think there's a chance for that to happen with Darnold in New York. And I think he ends up going like someplace like Chicago, for example. This is my theory. He ends up in Chicago, who gives up on Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, this year or maybe the next. Uh, and, and then they get him in there, and then he produces, and he becomes, you know, the quarterback that Chicago's needed for 20-plus years. But we shall um, see. I, unfortunately, that's not going to happen in New York. Nick, great stuff. Appreciate you hopping on board. Thanks, bud. We'll touch base down the road. Have a uh, rest of a good Sunday night. Enjoying the Bucks and the uh, Saints. Yep, thanks. You too. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 